Well, kids, uh, you're with us today, um, so I want to catch you up because we've been in a series called Gifted uh, while you've been in wherever it is that you go after the singing. And in this series, we found that, uh, that, that God, for anybody who's believed in Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in you. And the Holy Spirit of God gives everybody who's believed uh, gifts, spirit-empowered abilities, talents, um, superpowers, really. Uh, God makes everyone in the church a hero, a superhero. But instead of the gifts that you kind of wish that you got, where like you could, I don't know, turn invisible, shoot people with lasers from your eyes, that kind of thing, uh, you get gifts that are slightly more boring. Uh, like, you know, loving each other. And we've talked about um, serving. We've talked about uh, the gift of prophecy, where if you're deep in scripture or in prayer, sometimes God will uh, give you something, uh, a message or, or an idea of where the church should go. Uh, we've talked about encouragement, uh, coaching and cheerleading people around you. Not as fun as flying, granted, but specially designed to build up the church. Okay, uh, And every single one of these gifts and attributes comes straight from the gifts and attributes that God in God's self has. And so today we're going to be talking about the gift of mercy. Um, and so I, I want to share with you first the, um, the, the, the passage that we've been kind of riffing on throughout this series. And so let's, uh, let's take a look at, um, at Romans 12. And this is Paul. He's writing to the church in Rome. Uh, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think yourself more highly than you ought to think, but be reasonable, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we're, all, we're one body here, we have many members, members meaning things like fingers, arms, legs, heads, uh, stomachs, lungs, and all, not all the members have the same function, right? Uh, every one of us has a different ability or gift that we bring to our body. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. That means, kids, that you're all attached to us. You're not just attached to your parents. You're not just attached to your friends. You're attached to everybody in the church, whether you like it or not. So deal with it. Paul goes on. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in service or helps in service, uh, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, and the merciful in cheerfulness. Now, um, I, I have a, in order to, I, I think most of us have kind of an intuitive understanding of what mercy is, but actually mercy gets, um, there's two different types of mercy the, the Bible talks about, okay? One type of mercy is actually, it's called splanchnon, and it's the mercy of your guts. It's the mercy when you see, uh, if you know the story of Jesus and the Good, or the good Samaritan and the, and the guy on the road, if you know that story, you remember uh, the Good Samaritan comes and has mercy or compassion on this guy who's been beat up. That's splanchnon. That's the mercy of like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. I have empathy for you. I want to help you, okay? That's one type of mercy. That is not the mercy that Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about a different sort of mercy. And I have um, a, a video, I hope, maybe. Oh, thumbs up. I have a short video. It's aimed at kids, but adults, actually, this is helpful for you too because you need to know the difference between the that's uh, the mercy from the guts, the empathy, uh, versus the eleo, 
the mercy uh, that we're going to talk about today. So with that, let's, uh, let's, let's check out this clip. Today, we're going to talk about mercy. Mercy! Did you see the size of that cow? Mercy me! I forgot my keys. Let's talk about mercy. Get ready. Mercy seems like an old person's word, but it's not. Let's go to the dictionary. Mercy is not punishing someone when they deserve it. So, for example, when your younger brother is bugging you, instead of yelling at him or telling on him, you invite him to play with you. That's mercy. Or when your friend takes something of yours, instead of telling the teacher, you just let him keep it. That's mercy. Mercy is saying, I could punish you, but I choose not to. Like when you disobey your parents and you should be grounded, but they just talk to you and decide not to punish you. That's mercy. Mercy can also be forgiving someone instead of always making them feel bad. Like when your friend breaks your favorite video game and you just say, that's okay, it was an accident, and you still let them play your other games. That's mercy. Come to think of it, I'd probably make them buy me a new game. That's not mercy. Mercy is making a habit of being nice. Like when you have friends over to play and you ask them what they want to do and you do what they want not just what you want. Have you ever been merciful? Jesus said this. It's our memory verse. Happy are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's go ahead and translate that for us kids. If you can learn mercy, you will get mercy. And then you'll be happy. Come on. Someone breaks my video game and I'm just like, that's cool? No way. (laughs) If you come into my house and you break my PlayStation 5, you will never be invited back. That's a $500 piece of hardware, okay? But that kid, you know, he's... I don't know, he's saying what he's supposed to say. That, but he, he, gets it, he gets it right, though. The, the type of mercy that Paul's talking about here is eleo in, in Greek. It's, it's the mercy where uh, you, someone comes to you and, they, and you should be like, no, you've done wrong, and you're going to be punished for it. But instead, you're like, I'll let it go. Now, this happens all the time in the Bible. So if you're familiar with the, uh, the stories of Jesus, especially healing people, uh, the, the, the leper, for example, um, the lepers, they'll, they'll, they'll cry out and they'll say, Son of David, have mercy on me. And that's this type of mercy because in the, in the ancient world, they thought that uh, things like leprosy or illness, well, a lot of times were caused by sin. And so it was a sign that you were not good, that, uh, that, that you had these things. And so, and so they would cry out and they would be like, I know I don't deserve it. Especially leprosy because it was a very ugly disease. It caused a lot of like, um, like problems with your body and, and your arms and stuff like that. It was very, it was disfiguring. And so it was hard to look at. And so these people knew that if they were seen, that, that others would reject them and run away. But they would say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I know I don't deserve it, but I know that you can be kind to me. And what Jesus does, have you seen, I got a picture here from The Chosen. Have you seen the, 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 the show, one of the first episodes, uh, uh, a man with leprosy comes to Jesus and he expects Jesus to run away. But instead, Jesus just gives him a big hug and actually heals him from his disease. Instead of rejecting him, excluding him, and running away because the man obviously deserves that 
in the mind of the ancient Near East. Uh, Jesus does the opposite, runs to him and shows him kindness, forbearance, forgiveness, and healing. Now, Jesus is not super merciful to everybody. On the bottom right there, I got the pictures of, uh, from the chosen of the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus is the exact opposite of merciful to Pharisees. Jesus tells Pharisees, like, he insults them in the worst way possible. You guys are, are your tombs inside. You're dead. There's nothing that comes out of you that's alive. You're, 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 you're evil. You're horrible. Jesus does not extend that same kind. Why? Well, it's because the Pharisees, unlike the leper, the Pharisees, they don't think they need mercy. Right? They think they're fine. They don't think they need healing. They don't think they need wholeness. They think they're great. And that brings up something about mercy. One of the issues with mercy is you can't be merciful to someone who doesn't know they need it. In fact, if you try, they're going to be entitled and they're just going to take advantage of you. Instead, you have to stand up to them, uh, you merciful people. But that kind of gives us a sense for what mercy is. And uh, the first thing you'll notice is I think I have this backwards, uh, Marilyn, in the, uh, the, the slides. But mercy is showing kindness when you could show judgment instead. You have the option. You have the opportunity. People know that you should. But instead, you let it go. But then Paul says something weird. And, and you, might just, you might skip over it if you're just reading this casually. But notice what Paul says. The merciful, uh, you're going to show mercy with what? In cheerfulness. Cheerfulness. Uh, where's the air bear? There she is. Uh, Aaron, I would, like you, I would like you to take the microphone. We have a microphone over there probably. And uh, five under 18s. I, could you just tell us one or two things that, that make you feel cheerful? High schoolers, uh, if you really want to get real with us and really bear your chests to your parents and whatnot, this is your moment. Uh, other kids, it's something that you think of and you're like, that's what makes me feel cheerful. Anybody? Children? Yes. There we go. My dog and my hamster. Oh, yeah. Hamsters, they're cute. It's good. You really get in there, Gigi. My dog and my family. Your family makes you cheerful. They must be very nice. Not Who something else? Olivia would say. That's good. Oh, okay. Raise your hand high so I can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with friends. Hanging out with your friends. Yes, that's good. One more, and then, uh, oh, Alice wants to get in there. Okay. I feel cheerful when someone compliments me. What did she say? When someone compliments her. Oh, yes. Alice, you look beautiful today. <laughs> that, was, that was not deserved. You deserved judgment, but mommy showed mercy. <laughs> All right, what about adults? I, I have a feeling probably adults have a slightly different sense for what, uh, what makes you cheerful. Any brave people out there who are willing to put your hand up and say, this makes me cheerful. Come on, do it. Chocolate. What'd so you say? Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay, yeah, that's good. It's good. Being in the outdoors. Being outdoors. Yes, that's good. I agree with that one. I don't. <laughs> oh, I just had a moment earlier when all of the high schoolers were worshiping, and I just like tears of joy. Yeah, that's pretty rad. 
Um, yeah, that, that elevation of seeing uh, those kids doing that was, that was pretty. We had, wasn't there like a brother and sister and a mother and daughter? And all? We had like, that's pretty cool. Right, well, any, any other adults, it doesn't have to be spiritual. You can just be honest if you'd like. When the house is picked up and clean. Ooh, can I get an amen? I, I don't have the speaker. What did she say? When the house is picked up and clean. When the house is picked up and clean. For all of five That's seconds. That's good. Okay, last one. Destroyed. Oh, we got Jack too. All right. A barbecue or smoker full of meat? Dude. So <laughs> it is so awesome that you said that. You'll find out in just a second why. This church, its teaching, and God's forgiveness. Amen, brother. It's good. All right. Well. Oh, Scott. Okay, last one. Last one. I think I speak for all the men. Naps. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Okay. That's uh, now. Uh, there are a couple of those were, were interesting. Um, I, I'm going to explain to you. This is a very rare word uh, behind cheerfulness. Um, in, in the Greek. It's, it's not used very often. In fact, I think this might be the only place in the New Testament where it gets used because there's lots of words in Greek for like happy or um, what we would think of as cheerful, but this one's super rare. And to get at it, uh, I just, I want to pick on uh, Nate Ballinger for just one second, okay? So Nate, you just heard what makes him cheerful, right? He said, a smoker filled with meat. Now, uh, Nate is an excellent smoker. Uh, the top two smokers that I know of in this church are Nate and Jeff Erickson. They've both done tri-tip that has made my eyes water. And so uh, a couple months ago, I was like, hey, I really want to smoke a turkey. And so I was like, hey, uh, this was just randomly on a Friday. I, was, I woke up and I was like, it's turkey smoking day. And so I texted Nate, right? Nate's a good guy. And I knew, I knew that Lindsay and the kids were going to be gone that evening. And so he had nothing to do. And so I was like, I was like, dude, I feel, I'm feeling it. Let's make a turkey today and let's smoke it. That's, I mean, that makes him cheerful, right? What well, crazy thing. He texts me back and he's like, dude, I love you. Um, and I know you don't get it because you don't work, but it's been a long week. Um, and, uh, and I've been so busy. Honestly, dude, all I want to do is just come home, crack, crack open an ice cold soda pop and watch a movie, and then maybe take a nap. And so I imagine, I, I, heard, I, I saw that, and of course my heart was broken, because I was like, oh, what am I going to do today? Nothing, I guess. Spend time with my children? No. Um, and then, uh, so, so I saw that. But then I had a, a mental image of Nate Ballinger, for the first time in his entire life, walking into his house, and no one being there. And of him just, just, sliding, falling into that sofa, and then taking an ice-cold drink of his soda pop, and putting on, you know, Predator or Commando, something Schwarzenegger, 80s, early 90s, and then, and then, and then just, ah. Oh. That right there is the cheerfulness that Paul's talking about. It's really hard to get to in English because it means literally something like um, the happiness that comes from being stress-free, so it gets used in the ancient world uh, a lot of times to talk about like someone who's had a, a who's come back from war and they're sitting there with their friends and they have you know a glass of wine and and a, and a roasted suckling pig or whatever and they're just carefree. All of the all of the stuff just just disappears. 
Now that is a very interesting concept. Did you notice, by the way, uh, I said, hey, what makes you cheerful? Nobody here was like, oh, it's when I have mercy on someone who's wronged me. Not weird, right? No, you said that. Because this is not, that's not the type of cheerfulness that, that Paul's talking about. What Paul's talking about is he's, he's saying, I want you to be merciful, but I want you to do it in such a way that you remain um, buoyant and carefree. There's a good reason for that. The reason is, is that showing actual real mercy is a huge stress case. Think about when someone comes to you and you know they've done wrong. You know they deserve nothing more than you to slap them in the face. And instead you let it go and you say, it's okay. One time's all right. What happens the second time, the third time? The fourth time, they, they ask you to get involved in, your, in, in their lives. And over and over, you see dysfunction and, and, and wrongdoing. And, and, you're, and you're, how can you possibly, in the middle of that, remain cheerful? Well, um, there, that, that kind of brings us to uh, a couple of traps for those of you who have the gift of mercy, those who, uh, of you who aspire to the gift of mercy. Kids, you can pray for any gift. God might say yes, might say no, but there's all the gifts. You can pray for them. You can, you can ask for them, and, and maybe the Spirit will, will grant it. But if you do, if you try to be, or, or God makes you merciful, look out for this. Miss um, Aaron, can you, uh, can you come over here uh, and, and start uh, killing these 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 plastic army men. I think those army men were given to us by the church. They were going to be donated to goodwill, but someone thought that I wanted to play with them and they gave them to me. They've never been touched. All right. Um, one of the things we as Americans like to think, we like to think that um, our military is, uh, is, is, is a force for freedom, right? We don't like to think that our military is going in and trying to hurt people. We, we think our military is trying to save them or liberate them from people who are naughty and bad. Um, it doesn't always work out that way. We've found over the last uh, you know, 20 years, and really even for longer than that, when you send uh, troops into kinetic situations, meaning uh, situations with violence, uh, there, there's, there's, it's a really complicated thing. It's really difficult uh, to know what's right, what's wrong. Sometimes these people have radically different cultures than we have. And so it's not a straightforward, we go in, we shoot the bad guys, and we leave, and everyone's happy. It doesn't work like that. In fact, what happens is, is lots and lots of soldiers get, get, get bogged down in situations that it seems like we don't know how to make them, them work or right or end. And we spend years and years, and, and, the, and the, more, the, the more we dig in, the harder it is to get out. So children, or anyone really, anyone who wants to uh, lick the, what is that? Whipped cream. Whipped cream, cream, not shaving cream. Anyone who would like to lick the whipped cream off of a soldier and keep that soldier so that it never comes back to my house, you may do so now. Anybody? Anybody want to try? Yeah, go ahead. Come on up. Grab 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 a soldier. Don't say no. Say yes. This is your opportunity. You can. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. You just have to get it out, and you got to show it to everybody. Oh yeah, lift it up, lift it up, man. That's all. Don't you're okay. There it is. Yes, show 
show off your, and, and if you're feeling like, if you're allowed to have sugar, a lot of you probably shouldn't. Most of you, in fact. Um, beautiful, yeah, oh man, that guy, he's covered in whipped cream. Oh, and you, you dipped that extra, didn't you? You're trying to get more, that's smart. I like your style. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about mercy, mercy trap is that just like um, a soldier who, who's, who's caught um, in, in a quagmire, we as, as people, especially those of you who are like, gifted with mercy, you start to get so involved um, that you, you, lo- you get overwhelmed. Uh, your heart becomes sad, broken. It's, it's, like a, it's such a sticky situation. It turns out that you, you, were, you wanted to be nice uh, for somebody who needed it, uh, but then you wake up one day and you realize all you can think about, all that's going on in your life, your life is starting to revolve around their dysfunction. That is not healthy. It's not a good way of doing mercy. Um, Jesus, you know, we're following Jesus, and so yes, of course, we're going we're gonna to wrap up anybody who, who, who asks for it. But, but we're, we're, not, we're not called and committed to destroying our own lives um, for the sake of somebody who, who, who won't change. Uh, there's another trap for mercy. Um, anybody here uh, have ever had a pair of Tom's shoes? Tom's shoes? Yeah. Uh, this was the, 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 the guy, his name is not Tom. His name is like Brian or something like that. But he was in Argentina, and uh, he was like backpacking or something, finding himself. And, uh, and he saw a bunch of kids playing soccer without shoes. And so he was like, this isn't right. This, he, he wanted to extend kindness to these people. And so what he did, he's like, I, I have an idea. I'm going to make a shoe, and I'm going to charge Americans so much that I can get I can, that they buy one pair, I get another pair that I'm going to donate to people who don't have shoes, right? Americans have a lot of money. Uh, Americans want a good pair of shoes, and Americans want to feel like they're doing good for other people. Americans are not, you know, they're not mean people. And so he started this company, Tom's Shoes, and, uh, and it worked. By golly, it worked. He, uh, he very quickly became the CEO of one of the most profitable companies, uh, profitable shoe companies in, in the world, you know what happened? He was true to his word. One for one, every single pair of Tom's shoes that you bought, he put one in, the, in, a, in a warehouse somewhere in the world where there were kids without shoes. After about 10 years of this, he started to get some reports that things weren't going well. And so he got a, a team of people in his own, uh, his own uh, company to go and find out what was happening. Do you know what was happening? So this is what was happening. They had warehouses filled with shoes. They had more shoes than they knew what to do with. Because Americans, there's a lot of us, and we love to buy shoes. So he's got mountains and mountains. And what would happen was, was uh, kids and their parents, they would get together, and every day they would come barefoot to the warehouse, and they would get a pair of shoes. They would go home, and they would stockpile it. And then they would keep going, and then at the end of the week, they would go to a, a village that was far away from the distribution center, and they would sell those shoes. And what happened was uh, the people who were making shoes in these villages, they went out of business. And they began to starve. 
And the people who were getting the shoes became uh, financially dependent. It was their business was selling Tom's shoes to people who were even poorer than they were. Now, a lot of credit to Tom's, uh, this dude, Brian, or whatever his name is, Michael. Uh, they, they redid everything that they were doing to try and change this because they realized that their mercy was hurting more than it was helping. They realized that they were creating dependency rather than actually benefiting and, and blessing these, these people. And so they came up with a whole bunch of things where now uh, the, the value of your shoe, instead of sending one for one, like you buy Tom's shoes and they send it, they take the value of that on the local market and they invest that in, in teaching people how to make shoes. Uh, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him to fish, you feed him for life. So they, they, they really are a credit to the company for trying to, trying to change their business model. But this is an example of how you merciful people can get caught in a trap. And the trap is mercy that hurts. You want to give help. You want to see uh, lives changed. You, you, you don't want to be judgmental. You want to offer kindness. You, you, want, to, you want all of these things. But, but at a certain point, if you do it badly, you might hurt, enable, weaken, damage. But that doesn't mean that you need to stop being merciful. It doesn't mean that we, that we need to like put a time out on mercy. No, what it means is we need to remember why God gives us this gift, okay? And the reason for that is uh, God has a history of letting it go. I have a picture here of uh, every child's favorite song, what? Let It Go. What? What? You, what, it's not your favorite just because it's not 2012 anymore? No. You've outgrown it. Let it go. Let it go. By the way, terrible song, horrible movie, uh, teaches a lot of bad things to your kids. Uh, what's going on in, in this scene is that Elsa is abandoning all of her obligations to her family and friends so that she can find herself. So the next time that shows up, you know, on your Disney Plus, uh, tell your kids, don't pay attention to what she's doing. It's wrong. But you can imagine how great it would be if what she was doing is right. When she says, let it go, wouldn't it, what, what, what that, that can mean in English is it can mean exactly the thing that God has been doing for all of history. It goes like this. Uh, Israel are, are God's chosen people, and over and over and over, they don't do what God asks them to do. They reject God's advice. They reject his, his, his wisdom. They, they go off. They worship other gods. They do lots of different things. And every single time, with a few exceptions, God lets it go. About 94% of the time, when Israel makes a mistake, the people that God has chosen, the people that God has given his law to, the people that God has covenanted with, the people that God has committed to, every time they shake their fists in his face, almost every time, 94% of the time, they shake their fists in his face, and God says, it's okay. I'm going to let this slide. 
Because God is not interested in being known of the God as the God who crushes and destroys and judges. That's not what God wants to be. Sometimes God has to do that, but God wants to be the God of mercy. He wants to be known as ultimately merciful. This, of course, is why he sends Jesus. And Jesus has a ministry of mercy throughout his entire life. He's healing. He's forgiving. He's opening arms. He's taking the people who are rejected, who have no hope, and he's saying, I I accept you. I will give you hope. Trust me. I'm going to look past what you deserve. I'm going to let it go. And kids, the ultimate example of this is when humanity has piled on so much sin, so much wrongdoing, so much rejection, so much hate, so much exclusion, that there, there's no way we could get out from it. We could, there's no way we could get away from it. It's, 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 it's piled too tall. It's too deep. And God says, in this case, I am still going to find a way to let it go. I am going to send my son. I am going to put him on earth. I am going to have him do what you cannot do. I am going to have him die for you. And once that's happened and he's been raised, I am going to let it go. No matter how hard you shake your fist in my face, I will always be there, ready to let it go. If you'll only believe, if you'll only trust, if you'll only turn, I will be there to let it go. to all of you here who are the merciful, who have this gift, this desire to let it go, know how important that is. Yes, there are traps. Yes, there's danger. But every time you let it go, you are imaging to the world, to this congregation, the very character and nature of God himself. The one who came and died to let it go. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, King of mercy, the one who let it go over and over and over and over. Father, you who sent your Son, who gave your own self into death so that you could look at us completely undeserving, and let it go. We worship you, we praise you, and God, we ask for a renewed gift of mercy. That everyone in this place would be touched and pulled at by the gift of mercy, a desire not to judge, not to condemn, but instead to let it go. And God, as we make this practice of kindness instead of judgment, Let us never forget to do it in cheerfulness, not to be caught up, not to be stuck, not to to, to, to walk away with, with help that hurts, but instead in the joy of letting it go and not carrying the burdens. And God, as we let it go to others, may they see your love. And may they see transformation and hope, inclusion in a world wrecked with hate and division. May people see Coast Bible Church let it go.
and have their eyes set on your son. In whose name we pray, amen.